We are Maria and Nicole. We're two secular homeschooling moms that have been been there, done done that. that. Welcome to the Been There, Done That Homeschool Podcast. Today is episode five, but what about the prom? Today we're going to discuss homeschool myths and facts. Is your child going to be a weirdo if you homeschool them? Will they be able to go to college? What about dealing with naysayers? Today we're going to discuss all of that and more. And as usual, we want to stress that our podcast is an inclusive space for your everyday parents that are looking for education options. We are not here to convince you to homeschool. Uh, We want to stress that you need to do what works for your child and for your family. Every family is different. Absolutely. And you know your children best. So uh, feel free to take what advice or information you get from here that works for you and chuck the rest. Hey there, Maria. How's it going today? Hey, Nicole. I'm excited for today's episode. Oh, me too. It's especially fitting since just this weekend, our kids did the homeschool homecoming dance. They sure did. They had a great time, didn't they? Well, the mosh pit was definitely my kid's favorite. (laughs) I know. And I was uh, one of the uh, chaperones there or while I was working in a different room. But when I was on my break, I got to come out and like look out over the dance floor and uh, um, there was a conga line. I love that. Oh, it was so fun. I didn't know I was that. trying to like see our kids down there because they all they all went together with a group of friends. And um, I looked and I saw the conga line. I was pretty sure probably your son was leading it. But oh, I heard <laughs> I there was tell. I heard there was some sort of a break dancing moment. How many kids made it to that dance? Well, I know they sold a thousand tickets like online ahead of time. And then um, she was not sure how many they had like capped at the door. But um, I think they had planned on taking at least a couple hundred so it was it was wild yeah it was a pretty in the venue it was at oh. the flight museum oh the venue is incredible there's airplanes it. everywhere like hanging around I mean it's an actual museum it's a, really the perfect like homeschool venue too because they even had like a section with like chessboards set up for oh, if I you were tired of dancing there was like an arcade oh and a I did booth. hear about oh because you know the theme was uh through the decades yeah so the 80s yeah. area had the arcade games it had really cool stuff but so it was just you know you would see kids walking around like reading you know <laughs> things on some of the displays and it's a really 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 cool place to do a function Okay, well, let's get started on today's episode. But what about the prom? What about the prom? So this one is super fun. And, you know, because we're total nerdy homeschool moms, we've been like listening to a ton of podcasts (laughs) as research to make our own podcast because we just can't just jump right into something like we really have to investigate. Well, we are doing better (laughs) because uh, our recordings are sounding better. But also we don't have a thesaurus right in front of us. Not anymore. We haven't needed it. We dropped all the, the affirmations list we got um, after my husband made fun of us but um anyway i've been listening to a ton and you know what people really love in podcasts top 10 lists i think we got a top 10 don't we're we gonna one? do a top 10 list i All think right. that's the most fun way to discuss this so let's just dive right in okay number one what about the prom one of the big myths is that homeschooled kids do not get to go to the prom or other big milestone events and was this a question that you got a lot All the time. Everyone asked, uh, but what about the prom? What about homecoming? What about all uh, Valentine's dances, graduation, football games? Yeah, Um, it's a huge concern for people. And like, it was kind of funny to me. That was like, 
the biggest concern people had and like not even like people I know and we're like, talking about for maybe when you're wearing your baby and you have a three-year-old at your yeah, side yeah this was very young kids that people would be like oh you're gonna homeschool but what about the prom and like my little kid would be like what's the prom I like I almost didn't even get this question from people when my kids were actual prom age well, and I think back about my prom and uh, I went to a, a huge 5A school and it was a big deal, but I was into sports and I was kind of hanging out with people that weren't even at my high school. So it was a way to get out with my friends and then stop off, get a picture and then take off to the real party. <laughs> right, right. A lot of people did that. And, you know, some uh, like I didn't even go to my senior prom. I went to my junior prom. Uh, because I was the prom coordinator, but my senior year, my parents... Of course you were. <laughs> my parents had a, a trip overseas, and so we went um, on that on instead, and I, it didn't bother me. My date was in college anyway. So these big milestone events, well, we are fortunately in a large metroplex that, uh, as far as the homeschool prom, I believe last year's prom brought in three or 4,000 homeschoolers. Yeah, they actually had to do it over two different nights. Because it's such an enormous it. crowd. And it is a big deal. Uh, I think tickets range like $125, but mm -hmm. that gets you a sit-down formal meal. And it also gets you this incredible thematic night. Every year they do something different. One year they did the, the Wright Brothers theme, and they actually built a model of the Wright Brothers flyer, which was so cool. It was a great photo prop. It's amazing. They actually have like six different barns full of storage for all of the items that they use every year for this prom. It's over the top. Yeah, the first year that my older kids went, the theme was, the themes are even like elaborate. Like the theme was something like um, a night at the Natural History Museum, but there was a famous necklace got stolen and so like not only is it just the dance with like all these fake museum exhibits but you're also you can solve this mystery like while you're there right. there's game rooms there's all this other stuff going on at the prom it's not just like a dinner and a dance it's a it's absolutely wild even in rural areas or tight-knit communities you can gather together with other homeschoolers and put together your own thing i remember during covid we didn't have this huge prom or there was a big controversy on if they did, if people wanted to wear masks, which was kind of a stress on the kids. So we opted to not go to this huge prom and do our own thing. So we gathered about 10, 12 kids and the parents put together this great event at one of the community centers and it was just beautiful. Uh, we just piled our resources together and it was a fantastic event and the kids just remember it so fondly. So yeah, that's so super sweet. I love that you guys were able to do that. Sometimes it feels that parents are projecting some of their own ideas of what prom was to them, like this glorified idea. Oh, absolutely. I think some things that we might have viewed as milestones were really just special to us because like our regular day-to-day -day school was kind of daunting mm -hmm. you know yeah so they seemed more special than they really were and like this was kind of funny you know our homeschool group did valentine's exchange like we did in school and i remember that being one of my favorite days in school was to you know make your valentine's box and do all the things and give them and so i was telling my kids like we're gonna do this and i got all excited like i ended up pretty much making the valentine's box by myself um, then we got to the park and I was like, do you guys want to do this? And they were like, no, we just want to play. My, my kids got a, well, they love dressing up, but they got a big kick out of creating because that's just kind of the 
kind of people they are. <laughs> yeah. They made the six foot Valentine rocket oh Valentine gosh. box one time. And then there's other moms who I love and adore and their kids show up with them. The brown paper sack with maybe their Sharpie with their name. And I'm like, this is just as lovely. And they were so proud of <laughs> even their brown sack. It's totally, totally fine. Absolutely. I mean, oh, like that's our whole point of this is that we, we can still do all of these events. They might not even be as important as we thought that they were, but they still do happen. Like homeschool kids do actually go to the prom and do these other big milestone events. For sure. All right. So let's get on with our top 10 list. Uh, number two, homeschool kids are weird and unsocialized. <laughs> well, you know, first of all, there is a big difference between the act of socializing and being socialized. You know, so socializing exactly. refers to interacting with others and, um, you know, talking with people and doing things with people. But socialized means the ability to connect and communicate with many different people, right. um, different people of ages, different ages, different different situations. But like neither of these things actually require school attendance. Right. And going back, that was really one of the first things that turned me on to homeschooling. It's when I met a bunch of homeschool teens and I was just floored at how engaging they were. And they were able to look me in the eye and just have real dialogue. And I, yeah, I was sold from day one about that. Yes. Um, <laughs> and if you met my kids, you would agree probably that they are both really deep thinkers, but they're also class clowns. I'm not sure how my Cameron would do <laughs> in a class set, setting like that. I really never wanted them to be the same as everyone else. That was never a goal. Right. And um, I mean, if you met my kids, <laughs> they would also probably be um, categorized as class clowns. Um, they're also they are they are actually kind of weird. But you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm weird and I went to school and a lot of weird is yeah weird is hereditary that's why I always think it's funny when people say that like oh homeschoolers are weird like you didn't go to school with any weird people like I can name like five people 30 years later that I would have said total weirdos um but anyway like yeah I'm weird my husband's weird we were destined to have weird kids school doesn't matter it doesn't pay play a part in that all right. Okay. Moving on with our list. Number. Oh, th oh, oh wait. Oh, you have something else. Um, also, you know, the only time that you're actually together with a group of people your same age from your same neighborhood, you know, all of that is school. And then later when you're in a nursing home, oh. you know, later on when you get a job, when you <laughs> go to That's college, so you're going to be mixing with all these different ages and races and just all these different demographics. Why do we think that that's the norm? It's actually not. It's not. Mm -mm. Okay, so we are going to move on to number three of our top 10 list. Parents are not qualified to teach their children. <laughs> what do you have to say about this, Nicole? <laughs> I know. Remember back in our intro when I had some big opinions on that? <laughs> I guess that's what we... We're kind of ingrained to think that we're not qualified for this kind of work. But. Well, what it really comes down to it is that no one knows your child better than you. Mm -hmm. They don't. Well, and I saw this written somewhere and I thought it was really profound. But if your school education didn't prepare you to teach your child math and science, like why on earth would you want them to have that same education? And, and it's not like we have to be math and science teachers. You know, the curriculum comes in all kinds of uh, different shapes and forms. Some of it is totally scripted. So you do not have to be an upper level science expert to teach upper level science to your children. Right. I went to public school and it's hard to say sometimes, but really my education was subpar. 
and I really wanted more for my kids. So many times we're learning something new, we're talking about the Civil War, and I I learned something right alongside my children that I didn't even know. We're constantly learning as we're doing this. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the cool thing, too. Like, I actually struggled with math a lot as a kid. And, um, you know, my parents sent me to tutors. They tried to help me. It was, like, frustrating for everybody involved in it. Um, but somewhere along the line, as I was teaching math to my kids and just going along in the curriculum book with them, like, I think I figured out, like, this key concept that I'd missed that had kind of snowballed the rest of my math career, like, <laughs> downhill. Um, but I think I picked it up somewhere along that. Now now I'm fine with it. So, I mean, we're we're still learning, and we can learn right alongside them. Did that come with together. those manipulatives, the little bears? Right. It was all about the linking cubes. <laughs> love the Lincoln cubes. Well, and I never <laughs> read growing up. And uh, I love reading books alongside my kids. You know, sometimes those lead to really great discussions because we're immersed in the same story. And um, there's also, you know, I talked about curriculum and teaching alongside your kids, but uh, you also don't have to teach every single thing subject to your child. We actually outsource quite a bit, especially when we get to the high school part. Um, uh, my kids actually attend, well, yours too. Uh, they do math and science at a brick and mortar math and science school that's for homeschoolers Um, we've taken a variety of classes community college uh, dual credit Mm -hmm. Um, they do a lot of other classes with other people elsewhere yeah there's there's really no limit you know you can put piece together anything you want that suits your child or whatever your abilities are and there's times that you've actually taught my children things oh and you too yeah yeah, you too we've combined uh combined powers there on um, a lot of different things mm-hmm. and in a lot of groups. And it's uh, it's important to know that teachers learn to manage classrooms. Like that's a lot of the training that they get um, in school is not about like teaching a curriculum. It's about managing timelines and transitions and things like that, which when you're now homeschooling, you know, two kids like that is not something that you're actually going to yeah. be no counting on. There's no time wasted on that. And yeah. You know, right now, actually, just last night, I was with a couple of good friends of mine, and one of them uh, teaches high school world geography. And every day she's coming home right now deflated. She's unfortunately being disrespected by some of her students, and she doesn't have time for some of the kids who actually want to be there and learn. And then she has to subscribe to the 20% failure rate that if 20% of her students don't pass, she gets disciplined whether oh or not they show up for class or not. Oh, my word. That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> oh, gosh. So she's, yeah, she's looking for a way out. And her wife, she runs a lot of the school cafeterias and they're just short staffed. And, you know, this is not a bashing school moment. Yeah, that's not what I'm not. meaning. But but I'm just saying that many times there's, you know, the situation isn't always ideal. There's just a lot of bureaucracy that they have to get around. I think teachers would say that. Right. And, <laughs> and, and they do say that. It's kind of shocking how many teachers ended up homeschooling in the last couple of years, their own children. So yeah, it kind of I have a lot of friends that. that are public school teachers that they have chosen to homeschool their own children. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I was collecting some testimonials from some good friends who have, you know, walked this road. They've been there, done that, too. And if you look at our website, the btdthomeschool.com, you can check out some of the the real testimonials from from friends. And I call them colleagues, even though, you know, we didn't work in a work environment. We schooled our kids um, side by side. And so that was their experience. That's great. So ultimately, you know your child best. There's no one who is more qualified to teach your child than you. 
So let's move on to number four. Okay. And that is the myth that there are just not that many homeschoolers and your kid is going to be really lonely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are your kids lonely? Oh, my. Well, well, first of all, um, just because you're in school and you're surrounded by other peers all the time doesn't mean that you're not lonely. So that's definitely something that needs saying. Um, there are over 2 million homeschoolers uh, currently in the U.S., although I'm not sure about that count because I'm not registered anywhere. How do they know? I know. We talked about that in another episode that I always <laughs> think, like, Texas has zero reporting requirements. So, like, we're not even on a list anywhere. I always think that's kind of funny that, yeah, like, so, they can't count us. Who so knows? when they say 2 million plus, I mean, that that plus is significant because there's many states that you don't even absolutely absolutely and homeschoolers don't stay home all day well at least most of it I'm sure there are some that do but that actually ended up being kind of the opposite problem for me is that you we had so many extra hours because we get our school done in such a small chunk that it's really easy to sign up for everything and then you really actually have a problem getting home to do your work the (laughs) world is our classroom yes we're off and running so yeah Yeah. it's limitless for sure and not everybody has the same social needs um you know I have I have one kid who uh would love to be with people all day long and do all the things and sign up for that I have another one that is uh, perfectly social in a group setting but she absolutely needs her uh time alone at home not doing anything to kind of recharge you know every everybody's different like that yeah and even my daughter she's uh dorming right now in college with her roommate and it's a girl that she met when she was in a baby at 17 months old and we you know they were homeschooling back then but they ended up uh choosing to go to school due to their family situation the fact that, you know, socialization is not a problem for homeschoolers. No, not so. at all. <laughs> I've always taught my children to really value the quality of friendships over the quantity. Sure. Um, and to really foster close relationships. And I think that that is something that they definitely have done. And I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's worked. Uh, our kids met at, you know, when they were very young at park days and things. And I always tell people that's like the same group of friends has kind of traveled, you know, through time there to be a young adults. All right. Are we moving on to, okay, number yeah. five. Number five, homeschooled kids cannot go to college. Oh, well, <laughs> well, seeing that all three of ours have graduated and completed Gone their associate's <laughs> degree before they even finished high school, I would say that, that well, and you've graduated one from Colorado <laughs> from College State. himself. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, a huge myth. We still see it. I'm surprised that that one has not been debunked as the years have gone by because there's uh, we just know tons and tons and tons of homeschooled kids that do go to college um in fact uh research has shown that homeschooled kids tend to perform above average on acts and sats homeschoolers achieve higher academic success in college and ultimately view their college experience more positively than traditional educated children that's really cool and a friend of ours, her son is homeschooled uh, his whole life, and he did so well in his SATs that he was a national merit, and he got to pick from several full scholarships. Yep, and uh, in Texas, uh, homeschoolers are seen as synonymous as private schools, so we as homeschoolers set our own degree requirements, we write our transcript, we issue a diploma, and uh, some colleges tend to cater to homeschool students. You can go online for pretty much any college that you would want to apply to, look at their admission um, information to see what their requirements are, and they often do have a, a section for homeschoolers. Some colleges don't even have that section because so many homeschoolers apply and go through that admission process every year that they don't even need to treat them any different than a regular student. They're already, they're used to working with homeschooled students, not a big deal. Okay, number six, 
homeschool families are all alike. <laughs> Definitely not true. <laughs> like, right. Like, yeah, people uh, picture like the long hair, long denim skirt, super religious. Um, that's probably one of the big stereotypes of homeschooling, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I, me- <laughs> yeah, I mentioned the book uh, Educated by Tara Westover. And oh, that, yeah. you know, that's kind of a lot of people still have this idea in their head that that's what homeschoolers are. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of homeschoolers like that, and that's totally fine. But we are not at all one big homogenous group. Uh, homeschoolers, I, there's tons of us, and we're all different. We could not be more different. I, we had said in the last episode that, like, sometimes when you get down to the crux of, like, why you're homeschooling, like, some homeschoolers are homeschooling for completely opposite reasons as others. Like, you can't put us all in one box. We, we will not fit. Right. And oftentimes, it's not just us moms. There's a lot of dads that are the primary schooler, and, and sometimes their wives will be the you know, main breadwinner. Yeah, we have a lot of, uh, we actually have a lot of dad friends. There's been a couple of days I show up at my hiking group and I'm like, oh, it's all dads and me today. Like we're, we're dad heavy, <laughs> um, which is awesome. I love yeah. it. And, you know, diversity and inclusivity are values that my family holds in high regard. And when we were researching, uh, we learned that, like, for instance, black homeschoolers are one of the fastest growing demographics. Mm -hmm. So um, diversity in the homeschool community is something that's been lacking. Uh, So we're really excited to see that changing. Oh, yeah, I love that. My family's from Cuba, and I embrace my heritage. And we all know that people of color are often left behind, unfortunately, in the education mm-hmm. system. So I'm so glad to see families not standing for that anymore and taking charge in their kids' education. Yep. And um, so a kind of, not necessarily along with that, but as part of this particular topic, I also read a lot of people think that homeschooling is a cover for child abuse. Ugh. And that is like one of the most incorrect and really dangerous of all homeschooling myths. You know, abusers are abusers first. Homeschoolers abuse their children at far lower rates than families who send their children to traditional school. And it's just, it reminds me of sometimes people will talk about like somebody who gives birth in a parking lot because they didn't make it to the <laughs> hospital on time and they're like, well, home birthers, blah, blah, blah. That's not a home birther. That's somebody who just <laughs> didn't get there on time. That's not somebody who planned to have a baby at home with a midwife and like had all the stuff and this and that. So that is, is in the very same realm as just because like you don't send your kids to school does not make you a homeschooler. Right. And, you know, these sensationalized stories in the news or the stereotype that they depict in movies, it's hurtful and it's just simply not true. I've met thousands of homeschoolers and I have yet to meet one that did not have their children best interests at heart. Right. So anyway, let's move on to number seven, okay. which is that homeschooled kids will not learn as well as they will in a traditional school setting. Well, I would say that not all children learn best in a traditional school setting. In homeschool, we get to learn concepts one-on-one and spend extra time on concepts that the kids don't really understand very well. And whenever they understand it, we can easily move on children learn best when their curiosity is piqued. You know that book, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. Oh, right, right. And so that (laughs) often happens with our homeschool. Uh, I remember one time we were discussing World War II, which led to Poland. And my kids were like, where's Poland? So we go to the map and we find Warsaw, which leads to geography. And then we start talking about mapping and longitude and latitude and which goes to time zones. And then all of a sudden we're talking about the international dateline and what's today, what's tomorrow. <laughs> and so then that leads to time travel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we start talking about the speed of light and the theory of relativity. And 
And then all of a sudden, my kids are like, I bet I can run faster than you. I bet I can run the speed of light. And so all of a sudden, they're trying to slow down time by racing outside. So yeah. <laughs> well, okay, the point of this is, is that oftentimes, my, my kids still can dictate to you the theory of relativity. And right. they learn really well in that moment. Yeah. That, and that's not something that might happen in a traditional school setting. Like somebody would have been like, hey, let's get back to the topic and <laughs> get that done. But we're really able to cater the learning to the student. And it's great because you're, you know, you're one-on-one or or one on a very small amount at the same time. And so that it just makes, it makes things a little bit easier. We we also don't have transitions. We don't have to, uh, you know, worry about getting people to the next classroom or waiting in line. And and yeah, we are, we're really, really able to move at our own pace. One thing that's cool, like, especially with math, if, you know, there's 40 problems on a page, but it's kind of tedious work and they already understand the concept why continue to if they have the concept at 10 problems why do I mean that's kind of my idea not every homeschooler would agree with that yeah and I mean some kids need more review than others but no absolutely that's the way to that you're able to gauge it and you're able to pace yourself and move at the um, pace that they pace (laughs) pace pace (laughs) seven was rough yes (laughs) moving on to number eight homeschooled kids don't get to participate in extracurricular activities. (laughs) Right. So we were talking earlier about like milestone events like graduation and the prom and things like that. But um, this particular category, we're speaking specifically about things like uh, band or orchestra, um, sports, uh, things like that. That's Mm -hmm. a huge, um, a huge deal to a lot of parents that, well, maybe my kid's not going to be able to do that if we homeschool. For one, several states do allow you to do stuff with schools. Um, When we lived in Florida, uh, the school in my area did allow homeschool kids to participate in band. Um, I think you could come in for science labs and you could participate with art. Um, And now that varied from district to district and it depended on, sometimes it depended on the principal of the school. But um, so the crux is that some states do allow this. But also uh, there's plenty of opportunities available elsewhere um, in the community. Uh, you know, we, now we live in a big metroplex. So I know this isn't true for all areas, but you can pretty much find like every kind of homeschool right. sport or club, a, a homeschool version of that in our area. And uh, we're here in Texas. Uh, Texas actually passed a, this is called the UIL uh, Equal Access Bill. Um, you may have heard it referred to in the news as the Tim Tebow Bill, um, which would give homeschoolers access to any university interscholastic league uh, UIL activities, which is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a lot of homeschoolers are fans. I'm not a huge fan of that bill. And you would It was think a very controversial be- bill for like everybody. I mean, schools didn't want it either. Well, w- one thing that happens whenever they do let the children into the school system to participate in these extracurricular activities, uh, well, oftentimes it comes with strings attached mm-hmm. about um, testing and them oversight of your curriculum. And I really enjoy the freedom to do what I want and teach my children what I want them to learn. So I'm not a fan of that. And really all the extracurricular that we've ever needed, we've been able to meet. Let's see, what, what have your kids done over the years? Well, <laughs> your, your children have competed in world competition in Ireland for their Irish dancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we kind of have niche. Uh, we're kind of weird with our uh, activities. <laughs> 
Um, but we've also done we've mm-hmm. also done like Model United Nations. My mm-hmm. daughter is at a youth and government meeting while we record right now. Uh, we've done uh, Future City, which is a big uh, public school engineering. My son's at theater performance yeah. practice right now. So <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of things that they can do. Also, one of the um, when I was researching the bill that we talked about, the Tim Tebow bill was um, something I really didn't know about it was that a uh, part of the opposition was that we have some like seriously awesome established homeschool sports leagues that have like fought for the years, you know, through the years for their status and their program recognition by recruiters. And so they were opposed to this bill because they didn't want to lose these awesome homeschool teams, which I I didn't know that I knew that you could find everything. I didn't know that we had these like elite programs. I I looked into that at one point when my son was interested in baseball and, and realized quickly that yeah, when you're starting a 12 year old at baseball, they're, they're they're not going to be quite at that competition level. Oh, right. I've told you my (laughs) baseball story when my son decided to try it at 10 but like everybody had seven years of travel team experience like it, it, it was the, nuts so I thought 10 was like a normal age <laughs> oh my gosh the competition is quite fierce right yeah, now yeah we could do a whole other um, episode on um, sports for children but let's move on okay. to number nine number nine which is that homeschool students won't be prepared for life absolutely false I mean, there's always a chance that a public school child will not be prepared for life. And I mean, there are always exceptions to the rule. But I would argue that public school did not prepare me for life. I didn't even know how to balance my checkbook whenever I graduated high school. Right. There's all kinds of silly things. things. Yeah, I know one of uh, one of our friends kids had a roommate that didn't know how to do laundry. Are you talking about Jen? Oh, no. Okay, so there's more than one (laughs) friend that we know. (laughs) <laughs> that didn't know how to do laundry. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, the truth of the matter is there's a high percentage of homeschoolers that graduate college. There's many go on to become entrepreneurs or business owners. Like, I, I think I've read like a statistic in the 80s. I couldn't find it when I was uh, researching. But I remember it's like a ridiculously high amount uh, that like own their own businesses and things. Right. And yeah, many homeschoolers are taught to be critical thinkers and not just to learn facts. And they do tend to think outside the box and they're innovative and they often succeed as entrepreneurs. Yep. And so again, this is one of those things where, you know, uh, homeschool students won't be prepared for life. Well, we knew people in school that were not prepared for life. So that's going to be individual. It's really a myth. It's not going to happen. Okay, moving on to number 10. Homeschooling is expensive. Well, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, I'm going at this solo. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm making it work. Uh, I've always... Well, people who know you know that you're one of the craftiest like budget people ever. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, pre-COVID, I think I had my grocery bill down to $150 a month. Oh, yeah. Like nuts. (laughs) Like you are able to, you are able to like squeeze like $10 out of a penny. I don't know how. Inflation's caught up with me a little bit, but (laughs) yeah, I'm still, I'm (laughs) still. Okay, so anyway, so homeschooling. So there's plenty of free resources that are available. Uh, The library, we lived at the library for many years, everything from obviously the books and the checkouts and the movies and and such, but there's a lot of really great resources. There was a preschool story time that we loved to go. It was a big special twice a week event that we did. They have special events, magicians, and they'll bring critters and animals from the zoo in. And then there's an annual Halloween puppet show that is our favorite. And we love it so much. And even uh-uh. <laughs> I was talking to my 15 year old the other day. I'm like, should we go to the puppet show this year? <laughs> he goes, sure. And I'm thinking, oh, we might have to borrow somebody's little kid. because we might <laughs> Right. So we're not freak. like creepy. <laughs> 
we also uh, were able to check out these like really cool bins from the library. I can't remember if that was here, but I'm sure they have something like that here they too. Do. But like I have checked out like a themed bin, like a nature bin, and then took it home and it was full of fossils and bones and feathers and like all kinds of things that we were able to do in a co-op class. But there's like tons and tons of those things and, and they're all free. All you need is a, a library card. And even if you are not in a large area, we are lucky to have a fantastic library system, but we also can tap into neighboring library systems. And a lot of people in rural communities can do that as well, right. do interlibrary loan. And so talk to your librarian if you think yeah. that's something that you need that you're not maximizing use of. Definitely been our number one resource over the years. Uh, dual credit. Often uh, dual credit is free or at a discounted rate for high school students that are ready for that type of academic rigor. And dual credit is getting credit in high school and in college uh, at the same time. So uh, when we use that term, you also might hear dual enrollment, dual credit. Um, sometimes these are used in interchangeably. Um, I think they actually do have two different definitions, but our, our particular college in this area calls it dual credit. So that's what we call it too. But it's basically taking a class that's to satisfy the requirements for both. Right. And one thing that's is you, I call it a twofer because you can take a one semester class in these, these college classes and it counts for an entire year of high schools. And there's another time saver right there. That's one of the reasons that all three of our graduates were able to finish their associates in high school. So... It's great. Another way to save costs is that sometimes a group of families will pool together resources and expertise into uh, what we call a co-op or a cooperative learning environment. And you might have like a small fee to cover like a facility rental, like we did this in a church uh, with a co-op that you and I were both involved in right. um, years ago. And uh, the parents would take turns teaching different classes. Other parents would, like everybody's involved, like all the parents have duties. Like you remember that nature? study we did and we faked out the kids because we hid gummy worms in the, in the in the woods and then we went to go eat them and they thought we were eating real worms I mean it helped that they'd been sitting out there for like a period and they were kind of warm so when I went to eat the worm I like kind of gagged a little I wasn't expecting it to be warm I had to I had to send out like an apology after each one of these classes <laughs> because we did so much funny stuff, but you know what? I bet they, I bet they remember. They do. They don't, they're ever lost in the woods. They they're going to eat a grub. Worms. <laughs> yep, we had a, we had a good time. Oh my gosh. But so not only is that cost effective though, but like we some really great relationships formed with the other families just makes you know doing a co-op is kind of an invaluable experience. Definitely memorable. <laughs> One other way that we saved a ton of money is spending a lot of time at thrift stores when the kids were little. Um, you'd be surprised. A lot of young kids, they don't care if they have brand new items and they outgrow things and interests so fast. Often we would just pick up old electronics for a buck or two and we'd take them home and the kids would go to town and take them apart and learn all about the inner mechanics of it. I guess that's one reason my, my oldest is studying engineering in college. Oh, for sure. So that was our top 10 list. Those were um, a lot of myths that we just busted right through. So now you know. With the, with the worms. <laughs> about the worms. <laughs> You're all prepared. Uh, you will not starve in the woods. So now that you know all these things are false, we can talk about how do you deal with naysayers? Well, I would say that COVID has made this easier for homeschoolers uh, since COVID, there's a lot more acceptance with families choosing unconventional paths to education. First, 
I really wanted to mention that it's so important to surround yourself with support, uh, not only for homeschooling, but whatever you choose for your family. Raising a family is a lot of work. And the last thing you need is additional stress with people telling you you're doing it wrong or you should be doing a different thing. It's too much. So yeah. And, and sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's family and sometimes it's strangers. Uh, we talked earlier about how sometimes like strangers would come up to us in the store or, you know, at some public place. And uh, when they find out you homeschool, sometimes they like start asking your kids all these questions well, or first, quizzing them. Well, well, the first question is always what grade they're in, which right. my, my kids still don't know what grade they're That's in. That's kind of a like sometimes they'll like the kids get uncomfortable and they look at me. And it's and then the then the stranger is like, oh God, they don't even know what grade they're in. But really, it's because we didn't really do grades until like high school. So it, I was like, well, what grade do you have to be to sign up for that certain level oh, yeah, of changed, scouting? And they were Jillian's like six. And so I was like, all right, you're sixth grade. Um, but yeah, so we don't really we personally don't really do grades till high school. So that's a, a loaded question. But right. But sometimes too, they'll just they'll start quizzing them on math and you know asking them different things and. So sometimes we we just like let the kids respond. Yeah, I I did that often. Sometimes they're, you know, they'll get that eyebrow raise and, you know, that that look. But I just turned around and I was like, oh, honey, she's asking you a question. And they're always nice to the kids. I just started to let that happen. And and oftentimes it's a question about socialization. I said the S word. (gasps) It's a myth. We already learned. (laughs) Do you have any friends? Do you talk to anybody? And I'm thinking, lady, you just had a 10-minute conversation, a really good conversation with my child. I, they're socialized. They just socialized with you. Right. You just did it. You answered your own question. So are you socialized? <laughs> no, clearly not. So, yeah, we try to, you know, try to respond with kindness. Usually people are saying something because they care about you and your children or they're concerned. So it's definitely easy dealing with acquaintances because you can also choose to not be around them. In fact, I ans- I have like a canned answer when people write on homeschool message boards like, what do I, what do I do about all these people who are saying this, this, and this? And I was like, well, spend less time with unsupportive people. The truth is there's always going to be someone who doesn't agree with your life choices and you just can't live to please others. Family and close friends can get a little trickier. Uh, Some of the phrases that I love, this is what works for us, or I'm thankful we can get to all choose what's best for our own families. And then unfortunately, sometimes they're a little pushier. And I always like to go with the sandwich approach. You know, you you put the meat of it between two little pieces of bread that are a little more positive. Like, I hear you and appreciate your feedback. Positive validation. Mm-hmm. This is what we've decided to do. Making your point and finish it with your sandwich is, I know you are concerned, but I've got this. Finish it off because otherwise, some family won't relent. I think it was probably uh, three years ago. My father said to me, sorry, dad. <laughs> and he says to me, when are you going to put your kids in real school? <laughs> At this time, my oldest was almost finished with her associate's degree in oh. high school. <laughs> so I'm not really sure how to You were committed that. by then. I so. was committed. <laughs> I love you, daddy. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. I would say, um, Oh, that's a great point. I will give that the consideration it deserves. 
and other times, you know, if it's if people really aren't like letting it go, uh, I don't know if you've heard this was from a very popular message board years ago, um, was the bean dip method, where you just you do a little change of subject, like, Oh, have you tried the bean dip here at this family event? <laughs> I like Would you that. like to try it? So the bean dip method just uh, closes down the conversation. Because sometimes if you continue to try and justify your choices to people, then then they think you're having a discussion, they think that they actually do get a vote on this or an opinion on it when it, they don't. Right. So you're better off, you know, shutting down completely with some people. Right. And if they still won't relent, and sometimes you just have to completely shut them down. Unfortunately, you might have to say something like, I can see we don't see eye to eye on the subject. So I feel it's best that we just don't discuss it. Yeah, and that's it. That's just sometimes what you have to do. I was really lucky that I mean, I'm sure that my parents and my in laws probably thought that we were a little bit crazy when we were going to do this. But I think I also said like, I, I also had done all this other crazy natural birthing, cloth diapering, breastfeeding stuff. So like, maybe they weren't so surprised when I was like, I was gonna homeschool. They were like, Oh, well, of course, you're going to. <laughs> But I often told people, you know, wait, like the proof is in the pudding. Like my parents and in-laws came to all these parties that we had with our kids and all their homeschool friends. And they would always just rave about how well behaved and how social and how right. awesome like these groups of kids were um, after they saw them. And, it, and then, of course, my own kids, you know, as they got older and they saw that they were just, you know, normal, well-adjusted, great kids, like homeschooling starts selling itself. Okay, great. That's going to wrap up our episode today. Tune in next week for episode six, What Should Your Preschooler Know? See you next episode. Cheers. Be sure to check us out on our website at btdthomeschool.com, as in been there, done that, btdthomeschool.com. You can join our mailing list and get news and updates on future podcasts. And be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at the BTDT Been There, Done That Homeschool Podcast.